it's your job to bring that customer on, cultivate that client, and look at it from a long-term perspective versus I want to get this customer's money today because I may not be here six months from now and I don't really care, but I need the money. I, I don't know if I like that type of culture. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the pest and lawn industries, and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn. And with me from the wonderful city of, I believe you're still in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. No, he's back in Florida. He's shaking his head no, so there you go. But he was in Salt Lake, and... Word on the street, there might be some pictures circulating with Dan in skinny jeans. With me is Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say good afternoon? Introduce our sponsors, our topic, and our guests. There you go. Good afternoon, Dan Gordon, PCO bookkeepers, MA specialists. Um, we provide accounting uh, and exit services to the pest and loan industry. And Donnie's reference to Salt Lake is I just got back from the door-to-door, D-to-D um, con, which is a conference of door-to-door folks. And uh, what, a, what a terrific, what a terrific uh, conference. It was really good. I'll, uh, at some point, we'll, 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 we'll get into that. But uh, Dan, Dan fit right in. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the reason the skinny jeans reference is because everybody there is young, right? Uh, <laughs> even the old people are young. So, you know, you, you know, and they're all wearing skinny jeans and I wear skinny jeans and I look pretty good in them, uh, you know, but not as good as Donnie. Um, and um, our guest today looks awesome in them, but uh, I will, oh, he just ch- choked. But uh, anyway, so, so let's, yeah, uh, let's, yeah. uh, so, <laughs> so uh, you may have heard the news. We've expanded our industry offerings to peer groups in partnership with industry veteran, David Billingsley. And uh, if you want to hear more about peer groups, go back to episode 136. We've started, I think, three or four groups already since we started this campaign. So like 30 or 40 people. And 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 he's already had some meetings and they're turning out just great. And uh, I would be remiss if we didn't mention our sponsors. Today, our uh, episode is uh, as um every other day, um, is sponsored by Colmarch by Workwave. If you're interested in marketing services, that's colmarch.com. And for those of you who are interested in pest control specific insurance, uh, general liability, auto, uh, workers comp, et cetera, PestSure, uh, our friend Todd Burke, and he is at PestSure.com. And uh, today we're going to be talking about how to get the most out of a selling technician with our uh, guest, who is a good friend of mine and I've known for I'm going to say 25 years, Uh, Patrick Quigley. He is the president of Sales Training by Design, which offers consulting, sales training, and business coaching solutions for pest control companies across the U.S. Patrick previously joined us on episode 50, had a supercharger sales effort, and episode 99, Selling Strong No Matter What the Market. And again, today is about uh, selling technicians. we discussed a similar topic in 63, how to get your text to sell. On that show, Donnie covered his approach to getting his text to sell, which was the 
carrot and a stick, mostly the stick, right? Which was oh, uh, more word. about getting them to generate uh. leads, right? So, so now we're going to get a professional's opinion. And anyway, yeah. uh, welcome, Patrick. How are you? And by the way, have we known each other for 25 years? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, well, probably longer than that, because I've been doing this for 23. I worked for Residex for five, and we probably met, met in the second Residex. year of that. So it's yeah. probably more like 27, 28. So, um, but um, we both started when we were five, so we're still young. Yeah, and how do you look in skinny jeans? I don't wear them. Okay. <laughs> just, just getting clarification, putting everybody in their... Uh, in their corners uh, so anyway all right so let's get started uh anyway donnie you want to hit pat with the uh, you want, first you uh, yeah you want question to, or you want yeah, me to yeah, no yeah, i can right. i can jump into it it's hey i gotta i gotta tell you i'm re i'm Go really ahead. excited I'm, I, if you don't mind i'm really excited about this topic because um i've helped a lot of companies do this but more importantly this is kind of how i started back in 1981 as a tech they would give me all the one-time special things and i turned these things over into um our home protection plans and i did really well there and and i've been doing that for a long time but i i've helped a lot of clients do this so I, i'm really excited about this topic so oh, sorry, no, sorry. If, 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 if you've never been in a Patrick Quigley seminar, they are uh, a mixture of a comedy act and amazing knowledge and just very entertaining. And he even throws money at you. So, uh, there you go. Uh, but do you still do that? Uh, like 20 years ago, you threw $5 bills. Has inflation hit that or are you still throwing? Yeah, 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 it has. And I don't throw anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it went the other way deflated we got, gotcha. we got deflation going on okay yeah. so let's jump into this uh for our listeners i you know so first things first i just will set up some thoughts that i have before we jump into this which number one is oftentimes when people hear the words selling technician together i think they often hear they they think that's an oxymoron that they can either be a good technician or a good salesperson most people can't be both i would beg to differ however it that seems to be a common thought process, especially when we're out talking about this topic. This is not a new topic. In fact, I remember the, the very first year I was in business, I heard Burns Blackwell, not Burns, but his dad, Harden, we used to call him Krusty. Harden Blackwell got up and talked <laughs> about um, how they were doing this at, at, at their company and, and how successful they were at upselling with their technicians. And so so let's let's talk about this this idea of technicians that sell and, and Patrick, I mean, obviously you're the expert on this, but what is the timeline for implementing? Like if, if you have technicians and you're like, okay, my techs don't sell or my technicians kind of sell, but it's not really working out. Like they're not, they're not selling what I would consider to be where they, where they need to be. What does this look like? First of all, what does it look like putting something like this in? And then the second part is what does it look like for implementing and implementing it in terms of timeline? Well, first of all, I think you everyone has to understand that there's a couple of different personalities in the technician role. And I I look at one as in without being from New Jersey, now they have easy pass, but um a, a toll collector, right? Some uh, some technicians come to work, they get their work, they immediately complain they're not going to get that work done by four o'clock because there's too many stops. And by three o'clock, they're done because somebody canceled, somebody rescheduled. And that happens like every day. And they're, they're the technicians who are fantastic and I love them. And they should stay here until they retire. 
But all they want to do is come to work, hit the clock, do their job, do it well, come home at the end of the day, turn a truck in or turn a truck off and be done for the day. And that personality we need, but you're not going to you're not going to motivate that person to drink at the well when you bring that horse to water. They're just not going to do that. Then you have the folks that know that they can have the opportunity to upsell and, and they have a relationship with customers and they will upsell programs knowing customers over a period of multiple services. But taking somebody from a, a technician role to moving them to a sales role comes, comes with a couple, three different things. One is it's, it's about um, lead flow. If you have a sales team and the lead flow is one where you can't get to the customer in time and, you, and that, that, that lead's going to go five days, six days before somebody actually sees them, um, you, you have a good opportunity of losing that opportunity if you spent money to, to bring that customer in. So uh, lead flow has a lot to do with you implementing a selling technician. And then the other thing is what I call, and I coined this, drop-dead pests. In every single market, you have these certain drop-dead pests where um, when that customer calls, immediately somebody has to go to that house and take a look at it, uh, whether it be termite or bed bug or multiple pests or a rat issue or multiple multiple months of uh, even mice, um, a mouse infestation, where somebody really needs to get eyes on that property. And when you have sales reps that are running leads and then you have an overflow, that's a good time to start to train somebody who has a good personality to bring in and start that selling technician process. And, and ultimately, that selling technician will hopefully eventually uh, become one of your outside sales reps if you have that outside sales rep uh, position. Um, and then the third thing is, hang on real quick, Patrick. I just want to, yeah. just one. So, so if someone's sitting here and they're like, well, we don't even have a sales team. We, we sell over the phone. And I yeah. think I hear what you're saying, which is these are situations where there needs to be boots on the ground. It needs to be someone who has an, an eye on what's actually happening. They may not be your standard signature program customer that may have some special issue that, that requires, I just want to be clear of like, the, the sales situation you're talking about, right? This is not someone calling in and just saying, hey, I got ants. And I, I, and I 100% agree with you as far as like, if you want to close a sale, you, you better you better damn well be pretty fast because the longer that lead sits, the, the less likely you are to close it. But is that- I like, se I like segregating them. I like segregating them into drop dead pests and pests that aren't, you know, like- Yeah, yeah. look, you know, I- I, I uh, Yellow jackets in their baby's uh, bedroom, that's drop dead. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement that if somebody calls and says, hey, I used you three years ago and I advance and I want to use you again, sell the thing over the phone. But if yeah. somebody's calling up saying, hey, I've got- I've had a mouse problem and it's been like three or four months. I've been trying it myself. And now the bed, now the now the now the mice are in my baby's room. Hey man, you got to get somebody out there to take a look at that. So right. John uh, Donnie, to answer answer your question, I agree that there's a lot of companies out there that don't have sales reps and they still sell stuff over the phone. But there's an opportunity that you're missing at that house um when you're you're not seeing all of the opportunities that are at the house with a problem because if somebody doesn't have a pest a professional pest control company in their structure and they haven't used one and they have a problem with let's say earwigs they might have a problem with earwigs but when you get there because they haven't had a pest control property 
company, I guarantee you there's other pest issues. There could be termites. There could be other things that are bothering that customer that right now they're worried about the earwigs because they're gross and they pinch and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't want them in the ear. But uh, yeah, that that's one thing. But what about all the other things around the house that allows you to upgrade your opportunities to uh, bundle your services and bring a higher dollar value to the sale for that call? You can't get that on over the phone. Hey, look, there's nothing wrong. There's more than one way to peel. There's more than one way to peel a potato. If you want to sell over the phone, sell over the phone. But understand that you might be there. Might be a difference between somebody selling three hundred thousand dollars a year selling over the phone, and someone selling seven hundred thousand dollars a year with upgrading with mosquito and and termite and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. I like I like the idea of uh, having the proper uh, technician do it because some people don't have those outside salespeople. And uh, a lot of stuff can be sold over the phone, but certain stuff can't be. But again, if you have that guy that you mentioned, the guy that gets back at three o'clock, that's not the guy to send, right? No, he's done his day. He's, it, that, but that's okay. That personality is needed in our industry. It's needed in the industry, whether it's it's uh, pest control or it's lawn care. you got guys yeah. who want to come to work. They want to do their job. And at the end of the day, they want to go home. They don't need bothered by anything else. They're okay. And, yeah. and if you're, li- so, I was going to say, hang yeah. on, before you move on, and, and if you're listening to this and you have technicians who kind of sell, this is something you actually need to pay attention to. And I, I have to share a personal story. Unfortunately, it's not from the pest control industry. But my significant other she loves you mean your wife yes my wife huh? uh there is no so maybe it was his girlfriend i don't know <laughs> okay. you could so so she this is loves, not the rabbit hole i was talking yeah, about yeah this is not the rabbit hole no. no so she she loves clean carpet and it's hilarious so she'll you know she'll tell me hey hey honey i got the carpet cleaner guy coming over it's only going to be you know 400 bucks fine whatever the number is and I literally laugh every stinking time now because just as soon as the guy hits the door, just as soon as he hits the door, what do you think he's doing? He's upselling you. Oh yeah. What about this? What about this throw rug here? When's the last time? Yeah. Like, like he is. And so it ends up being like three times, which is why I laugh. Right. And so I'm just making the point that a really good technician, absolutely just, I mean, cause look, I know what, I know what he's going to do and I know what she's going to do. He's going to look and call it all out. And then she's going to be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Do that. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's that easy. So, so, I mean, I guess, I guess coming back to what Patrick's saying, you know, if you have technicians on your staff this way, I would absolutely do your best to enable them because they can, they can, they, I mean, they could take a cell and and make it three, four, five X, you know, without you even doing a thing. So anyway, all right, Patrick, moving on. So yeah, there, is, there's a difference. There, there's a difference between there's a, you know, if you go to Jiffy Lube to just get your oil changed, they're going to try to sell you everything and a new car. And that's their culture, right? That's what they're taught to do. You have to make a determination in your business. Is that who you want to be to your customers? Is try to give them and go there and sell them everything while you're there? Or is your job to... Bring that customer on, cultivate that client, and look at it from a long-term perspective versus I want to get this customer's money today because I may not be here six months from now, and I don't really care, but I need the money. I I don't know if I like that type of culture uh, in a business that wants to stay long-term. So you can be whoever you want to be, but just be careful with that type of 
and I, maybe I'm not supposed to use Jiffy Lube. I'll just say some mechanical companies. <laughs> but I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, just check the attorney general for for uh, yeah. auto. Uh, yeah. uh, you'll, you'll see them all over the place. But so what would the purpose of creating a selling technician position? How does it differ from a, a traditional sales role um, is, you know, what are the expectations, job description, et cetera? What what is the difference, and how do you motivate that technician to say, "Hey, this is great"? You know, you're earning this much money, and here, here's here's the opportunity. Well, first of all, I'm going to answer the last question first: is how successful do you want that position to be? And when you when you when you look at the overflow of leads that you're not getting to in small businesses, if you're the owner you are probably a great salesperson and you probably close upwards of 90 to 95% of the leads that you go out on because you're the owner and you have this passion about you in presenting what your company is going to do for that customer. You can't translate that into a salesperson. So when you're looking for somebody to take over the leads for that owner, so he can actually go run the business, that's when you start looking at your team and saying, of my team, who, who fits the mold of being able to talk to people, articulate your product and service, does a great job, knows the business, and can communicate all those things to the client. And that's the person that I would pick in and start to groom to be that maybe eventually two, three, four years down the road, even two years, maybe one, the, the full-time salesperson. The companies that grow from three million to five million to seven million to ten million—they're not doing it over the phone. Not 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 the ones that are selling multiple services and having sales reps that are selling between you know five hundred and a million dollars a year. Um, so 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 you you've got to so find I, that person. I, I, I would say that we have a lot of that are selling over the phone. However, they do have the ability to send somebody out for what you're saying. And, and yeah. also, but, yeah. but there's definitely, you know, look, there's two ways to do it. The most successful sales organizations that we know are door to door, right? That's having somebody visit. But we also know some really good ones who, who have really good call centers and do it that way. So I think somewhere in the middle, it, how would you react to that? Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Like I said, there's more than one way to peel a potato. You could, you could do door to door. You could do a call center. And I work with companies that have call center and sales reps as well, but they recognize that when that customer calls for what I would call those drop dead pests, that stops that phone call. The lead is, the lead is generated. It's turned over to a salesperson and the salesperson goes out and, and closes it and tries to upsell, you know, multiple bundled services. Right. But the call center is there to generate the opportunity to get somebody there to do the service. Now, the selling technician is the one that can actually go to the house, can do an inspection, can talk to the customer, can present, and then many times do the service that same that same day, or at least start that service. So we're securing that account as quickly as possible. And then moving on from there to, to build a relationship so you have a long-term customer who eventually will buy multiple services. From a commission perspective, I wouldn't do anything less than the lowest level of if you have a tiered sales department, I wouldn't pay anything less than what you would pay the lowest tier of your salesperson. And my success is going to be based on me watching and training and retraining 
and watching that selling technician to make sure he's doing what he's supposed to do. I, I go back to a, a sales rep that we worked on up in North Jersey. Uh, his name is Rob, and he was he went to school to be a uh, park ranger and got the job, got an inter- an interview, and New Jersey cut the budget and said we're not hiring anybody. He went to work for a company, and we 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 put him into a sale a selling technician role, and then full time sales rep. And he went from a technician to starting jobs and selling to selling five hundred thousand to his first year. And he incrementally went from five hundred to six hundred twenty-five to six hundred eighty to seven hundred. This past year, he did six seven hundred eighty-five thousand dollars in sales. You can't do that over the phone if you're not upselling mosquito and termite and bundling your services. You can't do it over the phone. And, and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with selling. So, so let me let me go back to something that you just said. Just and it, it might be a minor point, but I'm, I'm you know those uh, uh, owners who have the same head as I do is like okay, well you're paying them an hourly rate, and that's first guys who are in states where they're paid hourly, and you're going to give them the same commission as your salespeople. Uh, any views on that? So in other words, you're actually probably paying that guy more for a sale than you would for a salesperson. And you may say that's okay. And that, you know, I just want to address that. Oh, oh, I'm going to say it's okay because if you're looking to sell your business next week, it's not okay. But if you're looking in this long term and you're looking at taking somebody that's in your organization and moving moving them up within your organization, it shows everybody else that you're growing as an organization, you're promoting within, and forget about the extra 5% it's going to cost you. Oh, big deal. You know, I'm going to eventually get a sales rep that I can trust to go out there and do what, what I want him to do from a cultural, from a from a business perspective and close three, four, five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars a year. So I have a question. What do you what are you guys calling this? I mean, you have your routed technicians, right? You probably have like your termite techs or, you know, whether the Cervebug techs, whatever else you're doing. Are you actually calling this like we have like new start techs, we have floater techs, we have route techs, we have, you know, termite techs or WDO. Are you actually calling this like a selling tech position? Like what have people called this position? I mean, new start tech to me would be like kind of the perfect name, but I'm just kind of curious to hear what, what do you guys call them? You, you know, you, you could look in this industry, everybody, everybody can do whatever they want. And that's fine. There's no, there's no line in the sand. So you got to call them this. I, I like selling technician because eventually they're going to be in my mind, a sales ramp. And I want them to, to see some type of promotional, whether it's merit increase or position level, but something that shows that they're growing within my organization. So, you know, it's like a customer I had uh, that did a lot of work in crawl spaces and they would call their technicians crawl techs. And I said to them, so, so I get hired and I go home and my kids say, what do you do for a living? And I'm a crawl tech. Well, what, what is that? Right. I, I would say uh, um, sub engineer, right? Or it's like a petroleum <laughs> transfer engineer being a, a, a gas station attendant. So so along with along with merit increase, you, you've got to have position increases when you're looking to go from one to three to five. Look, when I work with a company that's $3 million, I go in there saying, hey, I'm not looking at you as a $3 million company. I'm looking at you as a 5 to $7 million company. The recommendations I'm making is so that you can get the 5 to 7 because the companies that hit that hurdle at 3 and 4, 
is because they didn't do the things that one, they should have done, and two, they should have done, and three, they should have done. And then what happens, I do this elite assessment, and I give them this long-term, long list of things to do that they should have been doing since one million. And then they look at me and go, oh, my God, we got four years of work to do. Okay, now let's, just, let's just put priority on them. Um, so, so I think it's how you look at your business and look at it long-term versus what am I paying out right now? And to, to answer your question, you can call it whatever you want, but I think a selling technician is fine. So when you're, when you're trying to pick out, like let's just say you're looking at your technicians, what, what should you be looking for? Obviously, it's going to be someone who can hold a conversation with the person. Obviously, it's someone that has this passion that you're talking about, about the company, about what they're doing. But what, what are you looking for specifically in this for this person to fill this selling technician position? I mean, I know you talked about, you, you know, if you're looking to replace you as an owner, you know, kind of just this passion for the company. Anything else? I mean, obviously, I mean, I would imagine they got to know what they're talking about. But although I've seen salespeople who are really good, they didn't know what they're talking about. So maybe that's not a requirement. <laughs> but well, I, I would call that something else. But um, yeah, I, I look like that. <laughs> I, I think in a sales position in our industry, I, and I, I'm going to tell you, it's past or long. And I helped a lawn care company, a guy uh, who was, I think he was in accounting. And when I met him the first day, he said, I really don't even know why I'm here. I don't even like salespeople. And I think last year he sold over $700,000 over the phone with lawn. So, and he, and he, he went from maybe making 50 or $60,000 to making, you know, six figures plus over the last couple of years. So what, when I, and, and there's all kinds of different people, but I, I think when you're looking at your technicians to move them to a selling position, I, I, I kind of gear more towards personality, 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 and I can train them. You could, you, you've already probably trained them in the pest side of it. Um, but if they've got a good personality and they could deal with all different types of in, uh, customer personalities, uh, that that's what I'd look at first. Cause I, I think you can train with the right processes um, anybody with a good personality to to be able to close and, and to be able to present and, and persuade customers and be convincing to to purchase the services without being sleazy um, without being high pressure just being matter of fact because I look at it I look at our industry and I think it's long too um, this, we're not selling anything. Uh, we're we're serving the customer. We're not selling them anything. We're serving them. We're serving them by looking at all the opportunities that we can help them with. You're you're, you're serving them by giving them the best curb appeal when you're dealing with lawn and with pest control. You're you're serving them to make sure that they don't have the the pest pressures on their structure or, and in their house that uh, they don't want. Good. So. I'm going to go off script for a second here, but, uh, you know, you, you've got salespeople who are, you know, terrific personalities and everything. And sometimes you have to rein them in to, to handle all the administrative stuff and keep, you know, track of all of their estimates and whatnot. Is that difficult or more difficult from a, uh, you know, the, the, the technician who's giving, you know, estimates, but, you know, you don't have control of, of, of what he's doing like you do a salesperson? How do, how do you manage that? Run that question again, because uh, I you confused me with technician and salesperson. Are you talking about a salesperson managing that? Well, no, a salesperson will manage it. You'll have a sales manager if you have enough salespeople who will manage the administrative piece. But the technician, 
you may send him out on a, um, you know, on a lead or he may, uh, you know, do one of the by the way sales, you know, by the way, I saw this. How do you keep track of his estimates and his closing rate and all the stuff that you do for a sales guy when this guy is not really in that position? Well, typically what happens from a sales perspective, if I go out as a sales rep, I go out and I make a presentation, especially with technology today, I'm going to email that proposal to the customer right then and there. After I show them what I'm going to do on an email, the proposal, that's going to be carbon copy to the office. So that's that's said and done, right? When you, when you have a selling technician who's brand new with this and they run a lead for, let's call it, let's call it a, a Indian meal moths, right? They're all over the house and they're some type of moth and it could be carpet beetles, it could be Indian meal moths, whatever it is. And that's a lead you're going to send a selling technician out. I would set precedent that every lead that they run, when they come back to the truck, they have to call the office. They have to say, I was at the house. This is what I found. This is what I proposed. And I'm leaving now to go to my next stop. So you stop that process and you train, you train that selling technician how to make sure that communication is smooth between what he or she's doing to the office so nothing goes through the cracks. It's not until it's not until they become a sales rep they forget doing some of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's we don't have a ton of time. I, don't, I know there's going to be some big questions that people are probably asking. And the, and I would say the problem thing is that, okay, so you're out of technicians. If you're in, in one of the Southern states, they're probably going to be on production. If they're in the Northern states, they're probably going to be on hourly. We don't have time to go into all of that. And Dan and I can debate that a little bit later on, but let's just, you have your kind of your standard pay structures for most technicians. How do you pay this selling technician? Like how much do you, I mean, I'm just curious to see like what, what pay structures have you seen that have worked very well, obviously for the company and for the selling technician who's succeeding in the role? I think you need to look at what that person would be making as a technician and do a what if scenario at the end of the year. And if I had a, I had a selling technician and 25% of his time was going to be on running those overflow leads or the leads that the sales reps can't get to. And that's going to make up X and he's going to make, let's say he's going to close at, at well, after I was done with him, 75%, but let's say he was going to close at 60%. What does that mean from an income perspective? And I think, I think Dan could probably look at that. And again, I, I still, I still want to see the forest and the trees, right? Mm -hmm. Cause I want to see two years, three years down the road where this person is moving to a sales position. Cause regardless if you're 1 million or 2 million, eventually you're going to be at a point where you may not be able to handle all the calls coming in. I mean, I, I remember when you had Comarch, I had customers were calling you up saying, Hey, stop the marketing because I can't handle the leads, right? That's the worst thing in the world. That's the yeah. absolute worst thing in the world. It's because we haven't prepped somebody to do that overflow to be able to at least get to that customer as quickly as possible, articulate the products and services, and at least put a proposal on the table. Because I guarantee you, one of the big guys, if they're coming in after you, um, their 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 job, because their their compensation is based on what that's in their wallet, uh, they're gonna they're gonna try their best to close that business. So right. I think there's a lot of what if scenarios before getting into this, but uh, whether it's production or hourly rate, you got to look at what percent they're going to be in the sales role and kind of go back backwards and say, if I gave them a hundred leads and they closed 60% of them, 
And that 60% do average dollar value was $790 or more. And the commission is this, this is what he would make. And I would always, always have a caveat that, hey, if you produce 75% of what you did last year and you are running these states and you don't make as much money as you did last year, I'm going to make sure you're good. I'm going to, I'm going to make you a whole at the end of the year by, by December 15th, we're going to evaluate it. And if you're off by $1,000, I'm going to write you a check for a thousand dollars because I see, I see value in you and I see value in, in our company with you in that position. So I, I, I agree with you, but I, I, you know, as the accountant, I see, you know, the, uh, well then stop right there. Fair. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but seriously, I think Donnie's question, think, think about this, Donnie's question. If you're paying your guys hourly, it's not an issue, right? It's you're thinking about the guys who are being paid as a percentage of route and that you have to figure out and it's beyond the scope of this episode for sure. But yeah, uh, sure. And, and just for our listeners, accountants don't grow businesses just, just in terms of what you're listening to there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They sell them. Mm -hmm. It's like getting red. No, they, they sell them legal and they help you make profit, but they don't grow businesses typically. That's yeah. that, that's lawyers. This accountant, this accountant does. <laughs> does well, let's not get into the lawyer thing. Yeah, yeah. So let's yeah. let's talk to you. So we we've talked about who the right candidate is. We've talked about the position a bit. We've talked about compensation. Now let's talk about motivation and then just making sure that we're able to keep this person incentivized well we were able to keep them um, i mean i hate to use the word motivated because you know the right person usually is pretty self-motivated but but you know it certainly helps i've seen that you know i've seen people try to convince me up one side down the other donnie you shouldn't incentivize this because it's not going to matter just as soon as we do it performance changes so um so let's talk through that what what is what what should it look like in terms of incentives you know and rewards and you know motivation can you kind of talk through like how, yeah. how to manage this role yeah, first of all, the, the incentives should change, um, change change the way people do business. And if I can, if I have a compensation plan that shows this technician how he can move within the organization and improve his his W two by doing certain things, and if I'm a responsible owner, or if I'm a sales manager working with this selling technician, I'm going to make sure this person's closing business not only for for the company, but for himself to show show their progress and 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 show them in front of their peer technicians that this is what they sold in the first month and the second month and the third month and see that see that increase from month to month based on based on the leads that we're giving them. And then eventually in front of the group, introduce that we have our new sales rep. And it could be a year from now or two years from now. But we have a new sales rep moving them from a technician to a selling technician to a full-time sales rep. And it should be one where that person can make way more money than they did as a technician. Now, I know some technicians that are making six figures, but they're primarily on the commercial side, but they work their backsides off. Yeah, no, that's that's not uh, unusual, or that is unusual, but a, a sales rep making six digits, that's not unusual, right? No, so, not at all. And it shouldn't be. Right. But if you take a technician who's making a 35 or 40, depending on your marketplace, and it could be 50 to 60, but now you show him a way that he can make 70 or 80 or 60, 50 to 60 to 70, and, and you're able to motivate them to do that by watching and training and showing them the way to be able to do that, um, 
you know, you you go from you go from fifty or sixty thousand dollars to eighty or ninety thousand dollars, and that changes that changes things you do at home, and and that's motivation in itself many times. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about um, obviously the training side. You know, let's just say that you decide, okay, I want to go this path. I listen to the podcast. I think the role makes sense. Now I want to do this. I've identified maybe two or three people that I feel like would be really good potential candidates to be a selling technician. What kind of, like, how do I get this person spun up? Right. I mean, we've talked about compensation. We've talked about rewards. We've talked about incentives. We've, you know, who, the, who this person should be. How do I get them spun up and actually teach them how to succeed in their role? Well, I mean, obviously you have to hire sales training by design, but um, <laughs> I, obviously, yeah, I think, I think you have, to, you really have to have a process within your organization that you can teach and they can watch. So if, if you are the salesperson, allow that person to ride with you so they can see what you do and then eventually allow them to do what they saw you do. And instead of breaking in and jumping in and throwing a life preserver every three minutes, go back to the truck when it's done and talk about what they did right and how they can improve. Um, and then, you know, if you're going to do this internally, that's fine. Um, and, and, that, and that's okay. But if you, if you truly need somebody to, see what's going on in the marketplace. And, and and we have a lot of companies that work for a larger company that were technicians that said, you know, I could do this on my own. They become a technician. But but keep this in mind as an owner who used to be a technician. Remember when you were a tech, you hated salespeople because they would sell anything and everything under the sun and you would have to do it. And then you become a supervisor. And instead of worrying about you and salespeople, you had seven technicians who were coming to you moaning about the salesperson. And now you're an owner of a company hating salespeople all the way back to when you were a technician. And now you got to manage them and you got to teach them. Hey, that's, that sometimes is very, very tough. So you know your wheelhouse and you should know where your wheelhouse isn't. So my best customers are the ones that know exactly what they don't know and they need help in that area. So, uh, you know, certainly could try it yourself, but if you need a hand, give me a call. Give me a call. Yeah. What was that website? Oh, that's uh, www.salesbydesign.com. Okay. <laughs> no, and that's I, and, and I, I will have, <laughs> I will, I will probably have um, a selling technician, sales program in my office in the next couple months. So if anybody's interested, just go to my website and hit the uh, get started button and just, just give me a quick note that you want to, you want to potentially talk about the selling technician position. If, if you're a multiple company, got multiple locations, you got, you know, seven or eight or 10 different technicians that you think could be selling. Uh, we certainly can talk about coming out to your location as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just add one thing and then we got to finish up here, which is when you look at the really large, really large pest and lawn companies, one of the things that they all have in common is they have strong sales teams. That's, that's how they got there. And so if you, you know, if you are really serious about growing your business and you're really serious about, you know, getting to a level, you absolutely have to pay attention to this. And, and I think you nailed it, Patrick, when you said earlier, if you came up as a technician 
and you already have that mindset of like, I don't, I don't like salespeople. I don't know how to deal with them. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that, but they're absolutely your key to get to the next level. And you just need to find someone who does and someone knows how to do that. So with that, Patrick, thank you for joining us. Yeah. We're going to put all of Patrick's contact info up on our uh, website. You can just remind of it and we'll, we'll put some resources and stuff like that. Uh, up on our podcast website. Just a reminder, that's pmpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes. And we always appreciate positive reviews. So if you're listening to us on whatever platform you're listening, we always love ratings and reviews. And if you do have comments, complaints, concerns, mainly complaints, we ask that you direct those to Dan. And with that, Patrick, thank you so much. We do appreciate yeah. it. And we will see you yes. all next time. Take care. Take care. Thank you see very you much. much. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye.